Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Hey, everybody, it's Mark Patterson back again and again and again with another great episode of Finding Your Summit, all about people overcoming adversity and finding their way. And before we get uh, on with today's guest, I do want to mention that as you hear this pod right now, I am somewhere on Mount Everest, either going up, going down, or somewhere in between. And if you want to follow my journey, you can do that www.markpattersonnfl.com. Dot com. There is a tab called Everest Blog. You can go there. You can see what's going on. I'll try to update it as much as I possibly can. And there's a Garmin link that can actually show you my little footsteps as I'm going up and I'm going down and all over. So it's kind of a cool way to track uh, progress on somebody that you have interest in. So I appreciate all the love. And as always, please go to um, iTunes and uh, give me a ratings and review. Again, it's never about me, but it is about all these amazing people that I talk to, inspiring others to get out and get things done. So on that note, let's kick it off. Uh, today's guest is coming all the way from Austin, Texas. We were just talking about, it. I've never been there. It's a place I definitely want to go and maybe race against this, this stud, but his name is Josh Sprague and he owns a company called Orange mud which we're going to get knee deep into the mud today about his company and what he's up to josh how you doing i'm doing great man thanks for having me on the call yeah yeah so um gosh you know a, a lot of the guys that we have on are women it, it just they've gone through a heck of a lot of adversity and adversity has a wide spectrum so um today we're not talking about the fact that you don't have any arms or legs or that you've you know canoed down the uh, Colorado River blind or something like that. But there's a whole nother element to when people go and put their feet on the edge of the cliff and jump off and start their own companies. Um, I did that for about 20 years. I'm now an executive for Sports Illustrated. That's a whole nother story. But, you know, when you do that, it, it, it a lot of times it comes out of just the pain points of how you got there. And, and, and I want to talk a little bit about the struggle and the struggle of, of being married uh, and having kids and trying to balance life, work, play, all those things coming together and what you've tried to do to get there. So let's first start off. You can speak. I've been doing all the talking so far, but let's talk about Orange Mud. What is that? And, and we'll go from there. Sure. So, yeah, we, we started Orange Mud about eight years ago, and it was actually – uh, on the adversity note is right after we had my first boy and, uh, he, uh, was three months old at the time. And I just finished an Ironman and I basically wanted, uh, a way that, you know, forgetting orange mud or anything else. I wanted a way that my wife or I both didn't have to work mad hours. Like we both, she was a corporate lawyer and I was a vice president of a medical device company. And we both worked a million hours and, and just realizing that, you know, life is a special thing. And, and, you don't want to screw it up by just never being around. Um, it, it really kind of 
forced me to kind of kick off an idea that I had set in, in my back of my head for a really long time, which was uh, a bottle-based hydration pack that will allow me to carry uh, my fluids, my uh, cash for the beer garden after a race, and electrolytes, and some gels and electrolyte uh, gels, and maybe other backup nutrition, and my car keys. So when I train or race, I just had just the bare essentials, and and I thought that would be a, a cool little product to to at least have as like a side hobby. I thought maybe it'd keep my wife busy or myself busy, whoever quit their day job. And um, and then yeah, shoot, eight years later, as of January 2012 uh, is when we started. So as of January this year, we've been in business eight years, and. And man, we've got over 100 SKUs on the markets, and, and and we have two kids now, and no more for sure. Uh, but uh, uh, but it's been a, a wild ride designing packs for runners and cyclists uh, all around the world. Yeah. So what I saw is Orange Mud is essentially a hydration. Um, it, you're not making actual hydration, I don't think, but you're making the packs that then the water right. bottles and everything else would go into. And something that was really unique to me, and somebody who works out twice a day, so. I am your loyal customer, you know, on paper at least. And sure. that is, yeah, one of the things I've found, uh, one of my weak points, I would say that I've found is is, um, is is really understanding the hydration business. And from the standpoint of um, as you climb higher and higher into the mountains, which is the thing that I do, I know you're like running and biking and doing these other long endurance sports. But if you're not properly hydrated in the right way, you can go to hell in a handbag in a quick moment, especially sure. when those elements get up there. And the weird thing is, is that the higher you get, your appetite gets suppressed, so you don't have as much of an appetite. And that really mm -hmm. plays into this whole thing, right? And so one of your, your, your the, the, the products you said you talked about, over 100 SKUs, we'll get into some of that. But you have this interesting product that most people or most hydration uh, packs if that's what you want to call them they go around the waist right and you've got kind of your your two gun holsters i'm saying the wrong word but the holsters sure. you, know, where you take your 12 ounce plastic water bottle and you stuff them in either side and you have a zip that go with right so yeah. what you have going on is it fits like around your shoulders high up so when you're when you're running or exercising whatever you're doing you're literally just reaching over the top of your back and yep. like you're going to scratch, you know, the top and you're pulling out the water bottle and it goes right back in. So why did you do it that way versus around the waist? So my background was adventure racing was kind of the core of what one of my favorite sports is. I, I love to trail run. I love to mountain bike, but adventure racing combines them both plus navigation and uh, rope work and all kinds of fun stuff. So um, the really cool part about that as a designer, even when I wasn't a designer, is that I stared at my teammates' backs. You're racing with a team, always, in adventure racing. Uh, you're only as fast as your weakest link, and that's just the way it is in adventure racing. Um, but but you, we, I spent just tons of time behind my teammates running, because I was usually one of the weaker runners, and and paying attention to where the, the how a pack moved and where it moved. And, and something that I, I consistently noticed is that your upper torso just doesn't move very much. It's basically a slight up and down movement. And and I always hated waist packs, like despised waist packs. Uh, I despised handhelds. We have a handheld on the market. I always tell people, yeah, it's a good handheld. I don't run with it. I designed it. I like it. I think it's better than most, but I still hate handhelds and I won't use it. Yeah. <laughs> but it's there's a there's a there's a, always a type of person for every type of product. And but but for me, I wanted to do uh, this combination of what was in my head of 
the upper back is super stable and that should be the best place to place fluid because I've noticed my upper, my teammates, their, their upper backs didn't move. It was the middle and lower backs that really move in, in, in uh, opposition to your upper torso. So then I also didn't want the risk of GI distress and things on compression on your waist. You know, like I mean, you climbing mountains, you're going to wear a pack with a waist belt in most, all those cases. And, and that's fine doing mountain climbing, but it's not ideal for trail running where you're doing a lot of, of breathing and, 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 and that uh, expansion can cause GI dis- uh, distress uh, for a lot of people. So, um, and then the other side I raced, I lived in Arizona at the time and, and uh, raced all over, you know, kind of a tri-state area there mostly. And it was always hot. So I wanted the smallest footprint possible on my back. Mm-hmm. Um, so kind of tying all those things together one night, I, I cut a, a waste pack with the water bottle holders um, apart. I took a, a ratchet strap from the back of my truck and I took a hotel sewing kit from one of my travels. And I sewed together this crude little concoction that, that was in my form that I wanted and mounted the bottle up high on my back. Uh, and I believe fluid should be stored on your back because you know, that's, that's where we carry weight. It doesn't make sense to carry weight on your chest. It's pulling your neck down, pulling your spine down. And, um, and yeah, I made this first prototype. It looked like it was worth about 50 cents, but I told my wife that that day, I was like, Hey, you know, this, this actually works. I'm like, if I can, if I can actually make something tangible, I think we can actually have a business. It's probably going to cost 50,000 bucks. And worst case, we're going to have two backpacks, uh, worth $25,000 each perfectly <laughs> designed for us. And, um, and yeah, and she's like, whatever, let's do it. So uh, it took $54,000, if I remember right, that first year uh, uh, of investment between just trademark and patents and design and all that stuff. Uh, but we we got our product launched. It took 10 months. We launched our, our pro- first pack in October of 2012, in the end of October of 2012 at the Soma Half Ironman. And, um, and man, it just, it just spiraled from there in the triathlon trail running world. And then as we grew, being a passionate mountain biker, I started releasing mountain bike packs and or I, re- I released packs that worked just as well for mountain biking is probably the best way to say it. And man, it's, uh, it's been a wild ride ever since. Yeah. So how did you get that first market adaption? Right. So, I mean, whenever you do and, and create a new product, cause let me, let me go back. So gosh, about, no, it seems like about 20 years ago, I started a, a company called Front Porch Classics, and it was a gaming company. Um, we took investment. Ultimately, we, we had about $12 million of venture money into it, ended up in 700 different retail stores, seven countries, and we sold the company. And so it was, it was a, a crazy, insane ride. And there were two issues that kept coming up. One was just making sure that you know, all the legal laws of infringement to um, making sure that it was safe. Um, that was kind of one side of it in perfecting that particular product. And then the other side of it was the inventory problem. And in our case, we were manufacturing all these products over in Asia. And so the retailers that were going after, the bit, all the big boys at the time, many of these have gone away now, but Macy's, May Company, Nordstrom's, everybody else, they would be cutting their POs six months before. So but you just, it, there was this whole timing thing of like guessing and you need the capital and you're not going to recuperate that for another four months, you know, and trying to stay afloat. Meanwhile, sure. we're trying to run a company. So how did you, again, going back to kind of that same um, analogy, you sink $54,000 in, you get some you samples rolling, um, you know, like where did you feel like you're starting to get some traction and then how did you capitalize the company going forward? Yeah, so so I had a day job and that was awesome. And my wife had her day job for the first 
year and a half, maybe, uh, after we launched, I didn't quit till about three years in. And, um, and man, that's, that was massive for capital. I can't tell you how important that was. Mm-hmm. Uh, Orange Mud wouldn't be here today. Uh, honestly, everything, we timed it down to where even when I, the year I quit my day job, um, we had, we had a lot of sales, but our net profit was tiny. We were producing yeah. in the U S there were a lot of challenges with it before we took it overseas, uh, because we had to, it's a, uh, which is a whole nother subject, but, but it's something that when I quit, I budgeted a hundred grand and I had it just sitting. I'm like, you know what? If we burn through this, I don't know. There's a plan B. Not sure what the plan B was going to be, yeah. but I would probably be going back to work. I wasn't going to burn more than that. Mm-hmm. And, and, but I knew if I could actually work a hundred hours a week on orange mud, as opposed to 80 in one company and 60 and the, the nights and like never sleep, I thought, surely I could actually make this more profitable and we can, we can make it go because inventory is the bane of our existence. It's yeah. painful. Every year we increase, we grow in business every year. And a lot of people look at that as, oh, you just must be making more money. I'm like, well, kind of, except because of growth, when we're doing these growth project projections, if we grow 20%, we need to factor an inventory growth of 30 or 40 to get ahead of that curve because hopefully we continue this path, right? So the the inventory growth year after year continually sucks up so much profit. It's painful. Yeah. But but I feel like we we've got a pretty good handle on it. And, and a lot of that came from from just simply really studying the numbers and being, you know, being really cautious with, um, with how we build things and doing projections and projecting per projections per product and, and, and monitoring sell through and watching what we're doing. And then again, of course, protecting brand value, uh, because on our side, we didn't have a huge backup plan. We don't have private investors. It's just my wife and I. Um, so I've, I, I love our business, so I don't want it to ever go out of business. <laughs> Hence why we everything we've done, we've taken a conservative approach. But the difference of my company and what you had uh, was is that we are 80% e-com. Uh, retail is a tough game. And, and uh, in the space that we're in, we design specialty hydration packs that are high performance, extremely well built, high quality, high function. It's just not what a lot of running or biking retail stores want to carry because it's not what they, what their audience is. A lot of running retail stores, and don't get me wrong, there's some great ones out there that carry our stuff that, that cater well to the ultra endurance audience and whatnot, the triathlon audience, marathon audience. There's a lot of them that cater to podiatry referrals and that's fine, but that's not our audience. And in the cycling side, there's a lot of shops that cater to a high-end racer. But a lot of them cater to the mom and dad that are coming in over the weekend. They want to get a pack to ride their $500 bike with their family, which again, totally awesome. It's just not our audience. Yeah. So not by and large. So one thing we, we did pivot and, and do that, that has been pretty cool on the retail side, especially. Uh, we have a product called the Transition and Seat Wrap. It's a changing towel seat cover. Goes in your car post exercise to protect your seat. It's a big towel with a belt and, and a clip built into it. I saw that. So that looks awesome. I can't, yeah, you, no. you know, you, you go out and you jump in the lake, you come out, you want to take your suit off, right? Yep. You're standing there, like, how do you do that without exposing exactly. yourself to the world, right? So this thing wraps around and covers you up, and you can drop your drawers, and yep. you know, the towel's not going to fall off because it has this belt. Exactly. Yeah. And then when you get in the car, you zip up a, there's a hoodie pocket that goes over your headrest, and it keeps the towel from sliding off the seat, which is always the challenge a lot of people yeah. have. So, when we launched that, it was the true, it was the piece that really gave us traction to get us off the ground. You know, it's, it's funny how I pour heart and sweat into every pack design. 
And people are like, wow, that's really cool. Yeah. But this towel, what exactly is that? Which I poured like five minutes of thought into. Yeah. And, and which isn't hundred percent true, but honestly, it's not that far off. And, and, you know, that is one that we have sold bazillions of widgets of all around the world. Uh, and it's what got us our initial traction. And we're in runner's world magazine is gear of the year in 2013. And that laid the footprint for a massive market exposure to us that we didn't have. And it's kind of hard to buy, to be honest. So that was a, that was a massive break. And then from there, our packs took the launch also. And, you know, we're distributed in about, I think it's roughly 40 countries now. I I haven't done the latest count, but somewhere in that range. And, uh, and mostly internationally, it's all packs, which is awesome. And then in the U S it's mostly towels and packs, of course, and, and separate whole product line. So, so yeah, it really, the, the runner's world article was a key turning point for us. And then again, managing that cash flow and just staying on it and watching it like a hawk. And, and, you know, it's not that we don't take gambles, but we we're cautious as we grow to make sure that I'd rather grow 20% in a year rather than 50%. If it means that I'm going to be in business three years from now. And that's yeah. how we've constantly grown the business. It's a smart way to go. You know, probably the, uh, well, there's two things there, uh, you know, when we were, this is back in 2000, 2001, 2002, you know, the uh, e-commerce was just emerging on, you know, it had yeah. taken it full flight like it is today with Amazon essentially taking over the world. Right. Yeah. And yeah. putting a lot of smaller guys uh, out of business. Um, and so it, it was just this constant, you know, what are we going to do to get ourselves out there and go to all the different trade shows and all that kind of stuff. Is that something you guys also do? And um, do, do you, are you in a place like REI um, it could be another retailer, but a lot of times people just want to go out and touch it and feel it and see it. And then they'll go home and they'll buy it online. Sure. Yeah. So, so we, yeah, we're huge e-com. I mean, it's, it's a massive majority of what we do. Uh, Amazon is a big piece of the puzzle. Um, some people hate Amazon, but you know, the thing is, it's funny. Every time I hear somebody complain about Amazon, I'm like, Oh yeah, do you not buy from Amazon? They're like, Oh, of course I buy from Amazon. I'm yeah. like, well, quit, quit complaining about it. You're contributing uh, to the problem. So, so yeah, we're like a FedEx depot at our house and our office from Amazon supplies, whether it's office stuff or personal, but, but Amazon is, a, is an, it, it, I feel bad because we love specialty retail. We, we haven't even tried to get into the big chains because we love specialty retail somewhat, almost, I feel like I'm stupid sometimes because well, I'm not doing that. Yeah, but you're so, also, you're, you're also doubling your margins, right? Well, in theory, yeah. I mean, it's it, in hopes. I mean, there's, there's it's there's margin and volume <laughs> and those are the yeah. tricks but but uh but we we have you know we we really stuck to our roots of supporting specialty retail we don't beat up our brand discounting all the time like a lot of brands do we don't sell the discount sites like a lot of brands do um and again for better or for worse there's days where i beat myself where i'm like dang you know you can tell you can see like oh yeah there's competition a's product and you can tell they're in the majority of a race and it's like yeah of course they are they were $65. They were 50 per 60, 70% off, you know, for three months. It's like, yeah, it's there, there's, there's so many challenges in this e-com world that some brands, like, I feel we have it decently figured out, but maybe I'm actually wrong too. Maybe we should be doing a discount model, you know, but it's something that on my side, I haven't because we wanted to maintain brand value. And again, I want to be here three years from now. These brands have just chased the bottom and they are generally because they're owned by big VC firms that are just trying to pump them up and then dump them and then wait for the next firm to do the same thing. So, so it's, it, it's been a, a struggle kind of figuring some of this logic out, but, um, but as far as uh, REI, no, we're not an REI. Um, again, hydration packs for runners. It isn't really their thing. You know, they, 
they have more the hiker mentality. The weekend warrior. Or, yeah, hiker and demo and, and yeah. weekend warrior demo. Uh, but we are in like, we're in a, a like 170 plus of Fleet Feet stores. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, mind you, we have a big portfolio. So we don't have our packs and by any means, all of them. It's it towels and most all of them. The transition wrap. Uh, we actually stock them with Fleet Feet logo and, and we have a great partnership with Fleet Feet. But the hydration packs, you can always go on our website and our store locator. And we have our premier stores that carry our full, the, all of our key product lines and hydration packs. And that's been a cool way for people to find and touch them. Uh, but what we've done is taken a different approach uh, because again, especially to retail uh, is a challenge when it comes to anything, a retail brick and mortar for a high-end hydration pack. What we've instead focused on is making sure the customer gets a, a very good, strong web experience on our own site. And um, we have videos that clearly show how to use the packs, how to wear the packs, how to wash the packs, how to cut and trim them specific for you, what not to do, accessories to buy for them. Uh, we have an email follow-on campaign after you buy a pack that says, hey, I'm Josh. You have a problem? Reach out to me. And yes, it may be an automated using that, but if you re- they will always get a response from me, guaranteed 100%. And it, it literally comes direct to me. And so, and we get that. People will email in and say, hey, I got this, but I can't figure out how to use this and whatnot. And then we also have email flows that, that um, show you how to, how to properly fit it after the fact. In case you didn't, maybe, or you forgot that there was a video on the website that shows this stuff. So, so we, we've kind of taken that different approach of let's build a strong community out there and let's educate them and they can educate other people. And if for some reason somebody hears about it but still doesn't have a friend that has one of our packs, they can go online and again, hopefully kind of build that same process where they can learn all the key steps uh, about it. So we, we've taken a very different approach to like Amazon where Amazon's just selling all the crap. They don't really care. Like honestly, right. listing things are challenging to get a detail on Amazon, but we don't have that challenge on our website. Well, I think what one of the things you've done is you've made your journey very authentic. So before you ever strapped on a pack, you know, you're the guy that was out there running all these trails and doing these ultra runs. And, you know, you're talking about being in Arizona and now in Texas, uh, outside of Austin. And, And and so, you know, a lot of times it has to just come from the pain points. And then and then the second thing it sounds like you did right, which is understanding you as a consumer and being authentic to the brand that you want to actually have and, and create and grow, um, it's understanding how other people just like you <laughs> would want to have their packs because you're one of them, right? You're not, yep, exactly. you're, not, you're not designing something that you've never done before. I mean, it'd be stupid for yep. me to go try to design probably a ultra marathon widget when that's not my game. My game is going up and down mountains or playing on a football field, right? So <laughs> yeah, sure. I, I can help you there. But um, yeah. Yeah. So no, it's a good way to go. What do you think has been the number one most challenging thing for you? And then the flip side of that would be what is the number one piece of advice you get for somebody that's listening? Like I'm, I've got this great idea. I'm thinking about, you know, launching this thing, getting it off the ground and what do I need to do? Yeah. What I would always tell people, cause we have people reach out to us all the time and say, Hey, I have this idea. Uh, would you pay me 50% for it? And I'm always like, yeah, no, I won't. Uh, not unless it's like something earth shattering. But, uh, what we found is that an idea is awesome, but it, it's, it's, there's a lot of ideas. I always, I tell people like, anytime somebody comes to me with an idea, I'm like, Oh yeah, go to Google patents and just search anything like what you've thought about, whatever you've thought about a hundred other people have already patented. It'll actually blow your mind (laughs) when you look at Google patents. So 
the ideas are the easiest part. It's getting the product out there and getting it in front of a customer. That's the hardest thing that is ever there. And what I have consistently seen with the exception of one product, and I don't even know why it was so much faster, um, but it's always taken 10 months before a product I launched becomes a little more mainstream. And, and just it starts to just click. Or I hear people like, hey, how's that pack doing? How's the new PFE doing? Where like every time, you know, we've been doing this eight years. We have a tremendous audience. We have a tremendous dirt unit uh, ambassador team. And every time I would think, it's got to cut down. It's got to be like, surely people know I launched this three, four, five, six months ago. But almost every time, it's like you can just tell one day all of a sudden I'll see sales and something pick up. And my wife or my sister, or somebody else here at the office would be like, yeah, you know, you, we're almost out of those. I'm like, no, 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 we, we can't be. And they're like, yeah. And then I, I look at the date. I'm like, shit, you're 11 months in. And it picked up last month. It's, mm-hmm. it's almost always 10 months for whatever reason, for us in my business. Um, but that's been the biggest challenge is, and, and again, you can, everybody thinks you can just spend on Facebook and get a return and get that reach, right? And spread the idea. Um, but I'm telling you, it takes 10 months with a mad amount of SEO, uh, website investment, Facebook ad spend, events, uh, press, everything. It takes all of them coming together until all of a sudden it just clicks and people are like, oh yeah, you guys have that pack or this type of pack or this pack. See, I think that's been the biggest challenge. It's just, is, is getting that. And then the, the, the close second though, is really the family, the work-life balance. That's, that's the hardest part too. I can work hundred hours a week, nonstop. I, 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 I'm one of them guys that I have a lot of energy, but you can also kill your family (laughs) and you don't want to do that. So, um, that is one of the trickiest things is finding that work-life balance when you're starting your own business, because you will always bury way more time than you could ever possibly imagine into it. And, and finding a routine that makes both happy is it, it, it's hard for sure. Especially when you have kids that can talk back and say, dad, are you really at work right now still? Um, that that's painful. So yeah. Yeah, Well, well, you started the conversation by saying, um, you know, you worked at this other job and your wife worked at another job and, you know, you always dream that you guys could go off and and start your own gig. So you could kind Mm -hmm. of, you know, call your own hours and everything else, but what you actually end up finding is that it follows you on the weekends and holidays and everything else. Always. Yeah. Yeah. So in a strange way, you know, you think you're gaining freedom and in a sense you are, but you're also tying yourself down and, and, you know, for a lot of people, it's just, it's, it's not, you just shut the door. And when you're, especially when you're the owner, you know, these different things come up. Um, the, uh, um, the one thing that I love about your shirt, it says trail road, wherever, right. Yeah. That's what it says there. And, yep. um, and it's really, you know, when you, when you start taking your life and, and things that are near and dear to you and, and you want to incorporate those into, you know, that work life balance and, 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 you know, you can make that a living. I mean, that is just a great thing to do. Final question for you is where did you come up with the name orange mud? Well, so my middle name is clay and I always thought it was pretty cool, but like my friends would never call me clay. They're like, no, your name's Josh. So, you know, there's that. So, but I, I really always thought it was such a cool name. So when my boy was born, we Jax, I wanted to name him Clay really bad. And my wife was an attorney and I still generally win the arguments, but I lost. Uh-huh. Like we were literally leaving the hospital on day three, or I think it was three days after he was born. And the nurses were like, you have to sign the papers to name him. And I'm like, come on, just give me Clay. It's so cool. And she's like, no. So 
his name is Jax. And then, um, and even just fast forwarded my daughter, when we had her, um, her name is Lexi and I tried to name her clay or even like Lexi clay or oh. uh, I lost. So, so it was after my boy was born. And when I had this idea, you know, we hadn't slept in three months and, uh, um, and I, when I said, Hey, sweetie, we're going to start this company. And she kind of looked at me like, whatever, go ahead, knock yourself out. And I was like, yeah, we're going to have my name in it too. It's going to be something clay. And she's like, all right, well, yeah, whatever. Cool. Go for it. I'm like, okay, well, that was easy. So I went on GoDaddy that night and I bought 42 domain names yeah. and, um, man, I've got, I bought seven clay, which yeah. is actually full come in full circle. It's my new screen print embroidery business. We started last year. So I finally do have my name in. But but I bought seven clay, clay works, clay vine, burning clay. I bought all these clay things. And at the end of the night, after like five glasses of wine, I was like, man, a lot of the clay thing, it just wasn't working. Not for what it is that I wanted our brand to be about, which is about adventure and getting outside, exploring dirt and just exploring nature and um, on foot or two wheels. And so as I kind of went through this spiral, uh, clay is a mud and growing up in Kansas so we went to Oklahoma and I lived in Arizona. So we're in Sedona. And, and so you have that red dirt in, in, in the multiple States and uh, which is also kind of orange and orange has always kind of been a favorite color. And uh, so, yeah, and kind of just the hybrid of thoughts again, about five glasses of wine in orange mud just happened to kind of spin off the clay uh, piece or base and boom. Yeah. Everybody like the next morning we had friends over to go wine tasting actually again. And, uh, and I, I floated all the names past them and they were like, Oh yeah. Orange mud. Like no question. Yeah. Well, it's, like, ca- it's catchy, you know, and uh, you're <laughs> yeah. there in Austin, you got the Longhorns, right? Yeah. And now in Texas too, it's, yeah. it was fortuitous for our move, uh, our business and everything here last year. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's great. You know, as I was thinking about this, uh, even though you don't want to take investment, it seems like a shark tank appearance would be in order for you guys. Yeah. When you're kind of at that point where whatever, you know, if it happens, yeah. it does, you know, but hey, maybe, yeah, maybe. So, Tell everybody where we can find these really cool packs. And, 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 you know, obviously you and I are having a conversation right now. You can't see it, but you know, whenever I do these pods, I always go in and I do a lot of research and, and, uh, uh, dig, dig into, you know, whatever the cause is. And, and in this case, you're a product company, you're out there doing things to help people, um, hydrate, um, better hydrate themselves when they're on the trail, the road, wherever they're at. And um, it, it's cool stuff. It really is. So I, I encourage everybody and get ready for a heavy dose of orange when you go onto the website. Yeah. So it's all good. Orange and green. Yeah. Orange, yeah. We've gone big green. on it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So so where can people find your 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 site um, and you know go and plow through all your different products? Yeah. So you uh, can go on our site at orangemud.com. I always encourage look on Instagram hashtag orangemud. Uh, we have tens of thousands. Last time I checked months ago, there were 70,000 people that have tagged us on there. And, and it's a great way to find somebody that, that fits your body type that is wearing a pack that you may be interested in. And, and I think that's a real key for a lot of people, especially runners, a little bit easier on the cycling side, but you know, runners come in all shapes and sizes. And we're very passionate about getting everyone of all shapes and sizes out on the, on the trail. Uh, we customize packs for free for large runners. Um, and we never charge, we, we will never do that. Uh, it's, it's something that I, I hundred percent believe in, in our mission to get everybody out there. But again, that's where Instagram is a great tool because you can find somebody that maybe has a 54 inch chest that is 
running in one of our packs and you can ask them. So you'd get an unbiased opinion. But as always, if you ever have a question too, you can always reach out uh, through our social channels and ask us direct or sales at orangemud.com. And, uh, and we're happy to steer you to a pack that fits you best for whatever it is you're going to tackle. Love that. Love that. All right, man. Uh, love the conversation. Appreciate getting caught up, learning more about your company and what it takes to take something from nothing to something. And uh, sounds like you're well on your way. So congrats to you on that. And uh, continued success with Orange Mud. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me, man. Appreciate All right. it. All right, buddy. Hey, and thank you so much for listening to the Find Your Summit podcast. We are so glad to have you along for this journey. And if you enjoy the show, please tell a friend, share it on iTunes, spread it to the planet. We're looking to broadcast this to every person that is out there because, as you know, everybody has their own summit that they're going after. Okay, if you're looking to follow my journey, you can find that through my social links on markpattisonnfl.com. That's Mark, M-A-R-K, Pattison, P-A-T-T-I-S-O-N, NFL.com. So until the next podcast, just remember, clear eyes, full hearts, and remember, it takes a little more to make a champion, so make it happen. Thank you. Bye. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate megastores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill.